This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. ...problem with more spending. We got to work creating jobs and securing business investments. When the coffers are full from a booming economy, growing business, and job creation, we don't spend for the sake of spending like we see in Washington, D.C., We spend what is necessary for our growth, for the future, and put money back into Missourians' pocket where it was earned and where it belongs. Were those probably the, those were some shots. One of my favorite lines from yesterday, for sure. Uh, Because he's true. Uh, We don't spend for the sake of spending, and you can see what the federal government has done, and you can see the problem it has caused um, Americans. I think some of the important things from the speech, pay raises for state employees, you think almost 15,000, just in Cole County, but in all of mid-Missouri employee pay raises, even if you're not a state employee, um, that's going to benefit uh, uh, more money being pumped into the economy, I-70 widening. And I thought the other thing that was really interesting, because I have a tendency tendency to forget about this sometimes, uh, trying to help facilitate more opportunities for parents. Um, for example, daycare is the one I think. As a matter of fact, they recognized a local um, daycare provider, very popular in, uh, in Jefferson City. Um, Mm-hmm. Because you say, hey, uh, go get a job. Okay, I got a job. And it's kind of a good paying job. But now I got to find daycare. And, and, you know, because daycares are scarce, it can be really expensive for people. And yeah. I, I was talking to a European colleague at one point, and they said, oh, over here in Europe, our taxes are like in excess of 50%. It would be hard to show up to work every day knowing more than half of what I was getting paid was going to the government. It can be the same way with daycare. When you're looking at, should I go get a job or should I stay home? Why would I work every day if 70% of what I'm taking home is going for my child care? That's hard. Well, and in, in to your point, Brandon, in, in, in Stephanie's absolutely right. By the way, the uh, daycare provider was Sharon Winton at Discovery Place. But the, um, the investment would be $78 million in a child care subsidy. It would allow them to earn a pay increase and would also allow them to support their workers. This very issue and transportation were discussed at the Ready Board meeting last week. Route B, they, they've got people that want to work at those plants. They have ch- children, and they don't have a vehicle to get there. Yep. Uh, so I thought that, and then kids that are in high school that maybe don't want to go to college, what can we do to help them put them into the workforce even quicker to ultimately be a benefit of us? Some of the big things I thought that were important. Randy Tobler hosts the Tobler Show weekdays, 4 o'clock here on the radio station. We're all sitting in, sitting around, hanging out, watching, listening to the speech, commenting. Governor Parson talked about the mortality rate, especially amongst new moms here in the uh, in the Show Me State. Uh, you kind of had an interesting take on that. What was that? Well, you know, this was a this was a thrust that really was born on the wings of a report that came out last August, looking at the experience of um, Missouri's moms and the, the terrible mortality among Missouri's pregnant women and and after they deliver, and it showed that we were around forty fourth in the country, and and you know the governor mentioned that, and he really he really I think challenged the legislature to say we got to take a look at this and do something. Now you know what's interesting then about that, uh, Brandon, is that. The, the time period that they looked at in this study was from 2017 to 2019. And that is when Missouri Medicaid expansion occurred. And that was tied to bringing in the insurance companies to, quote, manage the care, 
just like people have managed advantage Medicare plans. Well, this is Medicaid for largely pregnant women and, and, and kids. Um, and, and it's funny that about 20, you know, a large amount of payment goes to these uh, very, very uh, uh, profitable companies, United Healthcare, Anthem. There was another company at that time. They let a contract every year. Bottom line is this is when it went from the state of Missouri paying people who provide care to shuttling it off for pregnant women largely to, uh, to these companies. And, and so I, I don't know whether this is a, a correlation that makes causation or not, but I suspect that there's some things there that may be going on. I was buoyed, though, by the fact that in terms of addressing this problem, some of the, the, the biggest reason in this report that came out, and this was from the uh, Pregnancy Associated Mortality Review Board that was commissioned, the biggest reason for preventable deaths was mental health. And so the fact that the governor is really emphasizing that, hopefully the legislature will follow. I think there'll be some uh, some ripple effects under the maternal mortality, but there's some specific things that need to be done. And uh, hopefully the insurance companies will let go a little bit of their profits and spend a little bit more on taking care of those moms. Am I correct in deducing from what you just said about the mortality rates with moms? It's not because of poor health care. It's not because of, of lack of, of training, but it's kind of like Dr. Lena Wen, the Washington Post columnist and the go-to doctor for CNN talking about, hey, all of a sudden, we have to have some intellectual honesty about these COVID deaths. CNN saying, not, we have severely, severely overcounted COVID deaths because we're saying people died, the differentiation because of COVID or they died with, <laughs> yeah. with COVID. And that is, so is that kind of the same thing with the mortality or the, 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 yeah. the, the, the okay. Randy Tilder, host I the... Can, I think we can believe the statistics. And so in that sense, it's different. But you're right. Um, I think that the problem is not necessarily the fact that when a patient comes for care, that the doctors and the nurses and the hospitals and the facilities aren't capable of that. Often it's what led to that problem. And many of these deaths actually, Brandon, they're called maternal mortality. It really happens after the birth of the child, sometimes due to cardiovascular reasons. And there's some ways to address that with remote monitoring and keeping in contact with these moms, making sure they get the visits and can, can show up to visits. Sometimes they don't have transportation. So you see, there's a lot of social issues and I, and I just am, I, I ruffle a little bit and I guess I get a little defensive about it when the, you know, I guess one of the implications that could be made about it is, what are you doctors and hospitals doing out there? You yahoos. Well, I think we can look at some other things. We can look at some psychosocial issues, some mental health issues, especially substance abuse. Domestic abuse is a big deal. Um, and once we get a handle on some of those upstream effects, uh, the, the system is perfectly capable of taking care of moms that have complications. But we have to know about it and prevent a lot of these things that are really not core medical reasons. Randy, uh, Dr. Tobler, there was a proposal that was briefly mentioned by the governor yesterday. It has not received hardly any media attention, but it caught my, um, it grabbed my ear when he said it. He, he basically is proposing $3.5 million to increase the number of youth behavioral health liaisons around the state in that what the governor says it will fund 27 liaisons to help youth in crisis receive the treatment they need so they didn't give a lot of details number one is that enough money for the issues we're having and number two are the primary issues these youth are dealing with is it drugs or what what when we when he says behavioral issues what does he mean by that 
A lot of times, uh, these youth that are troubled come from families that are troubled. I mean, we all know that the best chance you have in life is to have a nuclear family, a mom and dad there to look after you. And and so, you know, there's there's relational issues that then often result in people self-treating and taking risk. I mean, youth are not only, you know, confused, anxious, uncertain about where they're going in life, and then they've got an uncertain social situation, and they're risk takers at that stage too so you put all that together and you make uh, drugs available to them or alcohol or whatever and you can see how that then is a toxic potion and of course when those filters are taken off it's easy to get pregnant you know and i think we see a lot of that with teen pregnancy i see case after case after case of just sad situations with girls and guys getting together when they really shouldn't be and then you got a pregnancy they want to have their baby but by the same token the resources are not there um and boy if we could and and certainly we don't want to push abortion that's not the point of this but we've got to get upstream from this and provide i would like instead of a youth liaison what i'd like to see is a more robust if they if they have in mind a big brother big sister program to take uh, the place of an absent mom or dad to me, I've seen those programs be very helpful. My daughter was involved in, with, a, with one of those situations in Columbia, in fact, as a big sister. Fantastic difference that those people can make. So it's all going to be in how it's rolled out. But it's a good idea. Is $3.5 million enough? Probably not. There's a lot more cases than that. Thank you, Randy. All right, Randy Tolder, host of the Randy Tolder Show, weekday afternoons, 4 o'clock here on the radio station. Uh, before we let you go, any other big things? Obviously, uh, pay raises, state employees, the I-70 thing is big. A lot of great questions from our audience this morning at 874-9390. Like, hey, I-70 is great, but what about these rural roads? And I guess that might take, uh, you know, they're collecting that money from the increased fuel tax. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we, we've, we've got to have good infrastructure to bring the business that the low-tax environment and the otherwise friendly business environment brings. And so you have to have transportation and distribution channels. Yeah. You have to have a workforce. So the fact that he's really emphasizing those core things that are important to business, assuming those get ratified, is, is a great thing to see. Uh, um, I, you know, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, you talk about the infrastructure and roads because I want to get people, well, what would just make I-70 a toll road? And I say, hey, great idea. But then there's something called reality. And the reality <laughs> is you're, you're not going to make I-70 a toll. One of the busiest thoroughfares in the entire country for semis and goods. I agree. Hey, great idea. User fee, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the reality is it, it, it wouldn't. It just won't happen. So. You know, for the state workers, I've had a lot of uh, text. Uh, you maybe have gotten calls or texts on it, too, about people in the Department of Conservation, people that, that work at the University of Missouri or at MU Healthcare that are not going to be included as best we can understand. And they're a little bit worked up over that because they consider themselves state employees. So uh, maybe that will be changed in the legislation. We'll have to watch. And I know it's early, but I do always like to ask kind of what you, uh, what you might have in store today on the Tobler Show starting at 4 o'clock. Yeah, Zach Smith, the legal fellow, our legal eagle on the show uh, that visits us weekly, will be on from Heritage to talk about the latest in the Biden Gate garage gate scandal and see what his thoughts are and the way that's evolving. And then Susan Pendergrass from the um, from the Show Me Institute will be with us to talk about education. That's going to be a hot topic in this session. And uh, Randy, I do I do take a little bit of exception with something you just said as it relates to Biden with the garage thing. Um, I I think it would behoove you to be fair and remember. The garage was locked, okay? 
So uh, that's right. Yeah, I know. Too I know. hard on them. I, yeah, and I keep waiting for you to report on that midnight raid that happens in the early morning <laughs> on this residence. I just, you know, I, I'm listening. I'm jo- waiting. John Marsh, have we added to the tally this week? We've got a dashboard in our studio, uh, Randy, that John's been keeping track of, and it's like it's remember the COVID dashboard. Oh my God, look at the number of people that died today. Ding, John. How's the scoreboard today on uncovered classified documents? Did we add to it today? We are doing the status quo thing, but as we like to say, as far as the dashboard goes in the Biden documents, the day is young. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tobler, we'll look forward to seeing you in uh, here at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Hey. How angry do you think KJP will get today? She's been, she's, she oh, sounded man. angry yesterday over That's the documents. That's your opinion. <laughs> she said, see you tomorrow. They, they asked That's a question. your opinion. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was, I mean, she was fired up. John Marsh, a lot of folks may not know this because he's been doing journalism for all these years here in mid-Missouri, some 30 years covering uh, covering parts of mid-Missouri, covering the Capitol. John Marsh does a great Beavis and Butthead impersonation. <laughs> and also... Radio is cool. And also <laughs> a really good KJP impersonation. She's not too hard to do, though. You know, just just look angry and don't don't meet eyes with the camera, and you got it covered. One more time, can you take us out with your KJP impersonation? Well, that's your opinion. I love it. I <laughs> love it. Your opinion. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm picking you winner of the week tomorrow, eight thirty-five. Feel good Friday coming up. Uh, Morning Bell business news. A little twist only Stephanie Bell can give you. What do you got? You know, I've always liked Flo Rida. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Morning 826, time for the Morning Bell. Business news, little twist only Stephanie Bell can give you. Well, if uh, you were in the club in like 2000, 2010, <laughs> you would uh, be familiar with a guy named Flo Rida. Um, and he's got a big payday coming, but not for his really great rap music. So he's a rapper. He was awarded $82.6 million in a lawsuit against Celsius, which apparently I am drinking one of these today. It's like an energy drink. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, which you can do every anytime you want uh, on our uh, Facebook page or on our YouTube channel, which is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. People put it up on their smart TV at home or we had somebody from cleaners called, I put you guys at the front desk at the cleaners. People will come in and pick up the dry cleaning and there, boom, there's Wake Up uh, Mid-Missouri on our TV. You'll see Stephanie is drinking the Celsius. Uh, it's a, it's kind of like a uh, spritzer. It's got a little bit of booze in it, a little bit of uh, fruit flavor. <laughs> no, it, no booze, just some caffeine. Um, but uh, so Florida was a, a investor early on in the company and did an endorsement deal when it, well, it wasn't uh, very big. And now it blew up. He said, hey, I want my one percent of the company. I want what I got. Uh, you know, what I signed up for. And they're like, oh, no, like the success was after you. Um, and he was awarded eighty eighty two point six million dollars. Big time money. Um, and I think we're going to be seeing more of these um, with the rise of like content creators and influencers. There's a really hot. Uh, well. Um, like somebody who's very popular on TikTok right now. Her name's Alex Earl. She's like totally blowing up. She's all over the news. Um, and she's reportedly being paid like $70,000 for a single video posting by brands. Um, but I think folks, when they, you know, we see the things with athletes like NIL and all these like, you know, brand endorsement deals. And I think as that industry kind of blows up, we're going to see more of these folks saying, hey, you know what? You can't take advantage of me. If your company blows up because of my personality or my endorsement, you know, I'm going to hold you to the contract terms that we initially agreed to. Incidentally, the, the, what some of these influencers are making 
as an old, you know, 52-year-old white guy laughing a couple years ago at this is really a huge thing. And I want to tell you this. Uh, this is something, actually, uh, that Wake Up Mid-Missouri can offer your business. You could call our front office and say, hey, I want Stephanie Bell to be an influencer for my business here in Mid-Missouri. Producer Hannah could do it for you, too. I think. I don't mean to speak for you, Hannah. I, <laughs> yes. Okay. But that's things. They can do that stuff. Uh, and you, you could call the radio station. They can be influencers for you, this product. This wine spritzer that Stephanie is drinking this morning. Celsius, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, you, should, man. you should break up with Flo Rida. <laughs> and I will, I will be your girl um, for $82.6 million. <laughs> Uh, and Marsh could do it for you, too. I don't think he'll charge $82.6 million, But Brandon can also do it. They can do that stuff for you when you call the uh, Zimmer Radio Group. And, hey, if you're watching the market, futures are down this morning. Coming up, uh, uh, the Chiefs legend. Appreciation trophy. The description actually reads, for meritorious service in pro football. Man, that is the chief of police, Lee Summit, chatting with Fox 4 Kansas City. Uh, great story, as it has to do with Len Dawson, legendary Chiefs quarterback. Chiefs getting ready for their AFC playoff game coming up this weekend. Len Dawson. How cool was uh, Mr. Uh, Len Dawson, Marsh? Like, this guy, like, in the halftime. Like, yeah, there you go. In the halftime of a game, he'd go in and do some one-arm push-ups while smoking a Marlboro Red while doing shots of whiskey straight from the bottle. That's how cool. I might be exaggerating a little bit. But apparently years ago, and you heard the, the chief there talking about he got this trophy for meritorious uh, service and got the trophy back in the 70s. And apparently since the 80s, this trophy had gone missing and it's been recovered. Recovered at the, they were called out, the Lee Summit Police called out to the Summit Woods Shopping Center about a week ago about a suspect walking out of the mall with like $6,500 worth of stuff he'd shoplifted and clothes and electronics and jewelry. Then they went to his car, found another 5500 bucks worth of stolen stuff and the large silver trophy that had the name Len Dawson engraved on it. And apparently this trophy, just like in the back seat of the car, this trophy, been missing for 40 years, found in Lee Summit, Missouri, in the back of an alleged thief's car. That's a crazy story. <clears throat> it is. I mean, and, you know, whether he's an alleged thief or not, he had the, uh, the, stolen, <laughs> the, the stolen, he had the stolen goods, so his defense attorney's going to have a hard time, you know. He but paid. see, Your Honor, he was in the back of the car. <laughs> exactly. right there. Accurate the, allegations. The, right? it, the interesting thing, and Brandon s set it up really well, he played at Purdue. Um, and they call it the cradle quarterbacks. Bob Greasy came there, and he was extremely popular phenomenal um, broadcaster and so much. And, and then for maybe 35 years, he was a sports director at KMBC Channel 9. I certainly remember watching him on there. But Brandon, I don't know if you remember, he also did national games for a period of years on NBC, and he worked with Jack Buck on NBC games for a couple of years. I know at least in the maybe 85, in it, Sunday afternoon, it might be the Chargers playing the Raiders, but I'd turn it on every once in a while, and it would be him and Jack Buck, and God, they were fabulous. They were good together. You know why? Because they were... They, they, they were um I don't know if they were friendly. I assume they were friendly in real life. Doesn't necessarily mean they'd go bowling together in the bowling league on Friday nights. But they 
they told the story of what they were seeing unfold, and they were both very, obviously, Buck, uh, very gifted oh. storytellers, and Len Dawson, to anybody's, has anybody, I've been reaching out to Jacksonville Media, trying to find somebody to come on, hey, you know, getting ready on a feel-good Friday, we're getting ready for the Chiefs I've, and I've Jaguars. Got somebody. You've got somebody from Jacksonville? I, I, I can get... Just someone who used to work here that is a main reporter in Jacksonville, and he worked here at the Eagle. His name is Joe McLean. He, oh, he bro, is, from ABC 17. He, he is the, he's, he's the, and he started as an intern when I worked at Channel 17 and, and ended up here. Yeah. I haven't asked him, but I, I know he'd be he'd love to come on, and he is such a just a wonderful man. How cool is that? Joe McLean spent a lot of years at ABC 17, did some stuff uh, here. Now, I would love to have him on tomorrow. What Come I on. think is funny is, Brandon, did you work here at the same time as Joe? Yeah. And Houseworth did not, yet Houseworth was able to put the connection together. Well, he actually, he and I actually stay in touch. Um, I haven't talked to him about this, but um, he he was really involved in that Urban Meyer reporting, if you if you remember, and he's done a really nice job down there. I know he would love to come on, um, and um, he taught he actually taught journalism too at the university for a little bit. I'd like to see if there's anybody in Jacksonville that's legitimately saying because I get it. You got to pull for the home team. Sure. You got to be the chamber of commerce. I get that, but I wonder if there's anybody in Jacksonville that's legitimately giving them a chance against our Chiefs this weekend. And here we go. Long outlet to Black. He catches, launches at the hole. Missouri wins it, 79-76. What a ball game. What a fun game. Last night, uh, and not that we're talking sports here, um, but the number of, of people from the, uh, what do you do after the governor gives a state of the state speech? How do you celebrate? You go to the Mizzou game. You fall off the stage. <laughs> Wear your gold. It was it was such a fun night. There was I mean it, last night at the game. I mean the the crowd was great. The students were great. Obviously the gameplay was great. Um, but you know saw a lot of elected officials. Saw a lot of folks from Mizzou. Um, and you know I think being right here in Mid Missouri, sometimes you lose sight or you, you don't fully appreciate the impact that the university has on a statewide level. You know, and so it was it was nice to just talk to local business leaders and other elected officials about, you know, how important the University of Missouri system is to our state. I saw some cool pictures of the governor. Uh, I forget who he was sitting next to, but he had the radio headset on and looked like he was getting ready to, you know, do play-by-play for the Mizzou game courtside. I thought that was really entertaining. Well, that was that was Chris Gervino. Yes. Um, and Kelly Jones actually reached out to me and, and was trying to get in touch with Mike Kelly. And I got her in touch with Chris. Obviously, I don't talk to Mike. I don't get to talk to Mike as much. But Chris did the interview. But if you listen to that interview last night, the governor, he, he would just... He he just sounds like he is refreshed. He just he could have probably talked you know an hour. He really wanted to talk about the game. Chris wanted to ask him about I seven. He wanted to talk about <laughs> basketball, but uh, he did say uh, on the radio broadcast the I seventy work would start here in Columbia. And I I texted Chris Trevino and said that's great stuff. He did not say that during the state of the state. So that was a good interview. I mean, with his little headset on and sitting courtside, it really did look like he was about to announce the basketball game. I think he wanted to. He, he, <laughs> he, he, he sounded like he wanted to. He wanted to, to, to do some play by play. Maybe that's his next career. <laughs> John, you know who I'd like to see if Governor Parson did do play by play for a Mizzou basketball game or a Lincoln University basketball game? Uh, have like Dolly Parton as his color person. That'd be good. <laughs> the two accents. Between the two, 
I would love it. That I would pay to see. Letters. Good morning. I get letters. Welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Time for the mailbag. So many letters. We don't get any letters. A whole bunch of letters. Uh, we get texts, Facebook messages. I even read mail from a cow. And you never know when uh, your text might include be included in the Wake Up Mid-Missouri listener mailbag. I want to highlight this. We were talking, bragging earlier on Brad Tornago, um, longtime member of the Wake Up Mid-Missouri family. And I have so much respect for this guy, his um, his family unit, uh, his, his core values. I've always respected the guy, and I probably did not tell him that much uh, when he was here, but uh, just a lot of admiration for the guy. What I really admire him for is he said, man, I want to do more stuff for Mizzou. I want to do more stuff for Mizzou. And, of course, for the longest time, he'd already been the voice of the of the uh, Mizzou Lady Tigers. And now he's doing stuff for football and, and all that. And I miss having him as part of the show. Mentioned that it was his birthday. And did did he celebrating a birthday today. So if you happen to know Brad Trinago, wish him a happy birthday. And I sent him a text that, hey, man, happy birthday. Hope you and your family as well. His response, I'm going to put this in the mail bag because it's beautiful. It's Brad. Here's his response. Thanks, Brandon. Family's all good. Hope all is well with the uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri crew and that Hannah and Stephanie have their shoulders covered up. Oh. Brad. <laughs> uh, point. Hashtag right to bear arms. <laughs> right. We got an interesting text about our left lane slowpoke uh article and we we were talking about um i think it's south carolina where they're proposing to increase the fine for folks who drive really slow in the in the left lane and we were like i wonder if that's already in missouri and our listeners were like yeah it's this statute right here and it doesn't specifically mention the left lane but it does say um and i'm looking at it now if you want to look it up it's uh section 304 uh 011 and it's regulates the slow speed and it basically says, yeah, you can't drive uh, too slow on the highway and you can't, like, impede the movement of traffic. And it's a cl- oh, Class C misdemeanor, which apparently, and I am not a criminal law lawyer, but apparently could be punished with a $750 fine or 15 days in jail. I, I might be wrong on that. But anyway. Not including court costs. But, yeah, it's saying you have to be go 40 miles an hour on, you know, on the highway unless something else is going on. So. And I wonder, and I'm not uh, an attorney, I'm intimately familiar with some attorneys, and I'm kind of intimately familiar with law enforcement, but I don't know how this, number one, I wonder how often that's enforced. Never. <laughs> and can I make a citizen's arrest in that situation? These are just, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Paul Blart, come on. <laughs> These are questions I have. But the other thing I wonder, let's say you're in the pa- speed limit max speed suggestion is 70 miles an hour. <laughs> not a suggestion. It's 70 miles an hour. What if you're in the passing lane and you're going 70 miles an hour and you're driving from, let's say, uh, 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 Fulton and you want to go to Herman and go to the wineries and you're in that left-hand lane and you're doing 70 miles an hour, the maximum speed limit, but people behind you want to go above the speed limit. What do you do in that situation? Because you're obeying the law. The people behind you are trying to break the law by going faster. You slow down to 41. <laughs> Correct. Come oh, up. man. <laughs> you make it That is worse. so petty. <laughs> you slow down. I love that. Coming up, we'll do some leftovers and we're getting ready. For- this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Before we uh, open up John uh, Marsh's refrigerator and see what we have in the way of leftovers, I want to mention uh, this. Uh, if we um, if we don't respond to your text, we we 
usually prior so we try to respond to every text we get sometimes it's just not possible um they don't think we're we're being rude uh we're just uh we're we're trying between everybody here on the, the show sometimes we just can't get to us. i just want to mention that welcome in leftovers some of the things we did not get a chance to get to on the show uh today steph's what's grabbing uh, your attention can we talk about how there are inmates on the loose again or still yeah. Uh, I think they, they busted loose, I think, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And this is almost southeast Missouri, kind of St. Genevieve uh, yeah. area. And how did they get out? Like, by a door. Like, they just walked. Like a hole in the fence or something. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, there's five of them, apparently, on the loose. Marsh, what do you got? Uh, bus riders in Jefferson City will soon be paying more for municipal bus rides. The council voted this week. To raise the rates, effective February 6th, a regular bus ride in Jefferson City will go from a buck to a buck fifty, and some uh, all the passes, uh, you know, multiple ride passes are going up as well. I wonder, because we look at other towns around here, Columbia is a great example. I don't know of anybody else that has public bus systems besides uh, Jeff City and Columbia, but, uh, you know, a lot of folks get upset. Why do I have to subsidize that? And especially, and I, I don't, uh, I, I know in some of these bus... In Columbia, for example, um, I've never, you know, maybe two people on a bus. I, I really just don't see the ridership that we continue to our taxpayers, uh, uh, taxpayer money keeps paying for it. But I wonder, okay, what if we got rid of those bus systems, public bus systems? Like, ultimately... And we just paid for everyone's Uber. I think we'd be better off. <laughs> uh, yeah, by the way... I've got another great business idea. I've had a couple over the past couple of days. Aaron Hedlund from the Show Me Institute Financial Guru talked about if Aaron Hedlund had a baseball card, you'd have his picture on the front, you turn it over there, it'd be all his stats, all of his qualifications, worked in the Trump administration. He kind of liked the idea. I think another good idea that I've had, and this is Didn't for... Didn't Trump already do that? Didn't Trump get a baseball card? The like NFT card? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Maybe not such a good idea. Uh, the other idea, Chuck Basie, who is suing the Columbia Public School District to get on the ballot. Everything we have heard would indicate that he's in the right, that their rules that they have as it relates to uh, running for the school board can't supersede state law. This deals with time frames. Uh, and I think I've got a really good solution. Dean Klemker, I think, is the guy. Forgive me if I get that wrong. He's on the ballot. He's on the ballot Columbia Public School Board race. Um. He dropped out. He said, I didn't know what I was getting into. So we told Chuck Basie this morning, here's what you do. You legally change your name to Dean Klumker. You're on the ballot. You think you're so clever. I don't think CPS has a leg to stand on, and I think we're going to see Chuck Basie's name on the ballot. But, you know. Uh, And here's the other good idea I think I have. Uh, Your trolleys in Jefferson City. Oh, Uh boy. Now Steph gets to take business advice from (laughs) you. Just don't let him drive them. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. You should. Uh, uh, you should make them available as Ubers. <laughs> Somebody could get onto the Uber. I want to. I want to ride from the work to the grocery store into home, but I want it on one of those trolleys. Well, they have what is it? The is it Uber Plus where you get a bigger SUV? Yeah, Uber X maybe. <laughs> no, be- that's the cheaper one. Uber Black. I don't remember, but yeah, you can Something get a bigger like one. That. Like when you book the Uber, you can say, "Hey, I need a bigger vehicle." Yeah, that would just be an extension of that. Um, Quentin, text eight seven four ninety three ninety. What about the Oats bus? I just wonder what would happen because people say, "Well, but and and 
there are people that need transportation, people that don't have vehicles, whatever reason they need buses, public buses to get to doctors and and. and but what would happen if we quit doing that? Yeah, and I mean, I think there's been a lot of criticism, and part of it is, you know, the folks that need transportation a lot of times are hourly workers, and the buses don't run at the times that these folks have jobs. So the people mm-hmm. who, you know, need the services can't access them anyway. So what if we said, you know what, uh, we're not going to use taxpayer monies to to pay for these public bus services. And then let's say, for example, somebody going to an hourly uh, job, and I'll use the easy excuse of a fast food restaurant and then that worker can't show up to the fast food restaurant and we know how short staffed everybody is anyway and you're there at the counter uh wanting your burger from just jeff's burgers but there's nobody to work it because they didn't have a way to get into work and i know it's not my responsibility but man when i want that cheeseburger all right, Biden, calm down. Did you? We got to feature this tomorrow. What did Biden do? Uh, was it yesterday, earlier this week? It was yesterday. So I get what he was trying to do. He was posting a video on his Twitter account, just promoting small businesses. Um, but in the video, he calls like a cheeseburger joint, and it shows him ordering a cheeseburger for lunch. And in true Joe fashion, it's just awkward. It's, it's, it's like, so awkward. It's like he's singing happy birthday or something. Uh, so we might highlight. And tomorrow is a feel-good Friday uh, on the show. So we're going to be celebrating some of the cool things that are happening in the uh, in the news. And we've posted this. And this is already on our Facebook page if you want to get involved with this uh, now. Yeah, I saw this great question on Twitter. And it said, you know, what, what subject should be mandatory in schools? 